Happy New Year. Uh, it's great to be together as we worship, uh, as we encounter God's spirit. Uh, new Year, I don't know if you're looking forward to a new year. I know I am. Uh, a chance to uh, create maybe some hopes, some dreams uh, for us. Uh, individually. I know the new year is a time where we make personal commitments, where we try to design maybe goals for our family, for our career, uh, for our relationships. And around here at Brandywine, every new year, we try to start by surrendering those goals, those desires, those plans to God. Those ambitions that we have for the year, new year, we want to start by saying, God, what would you have? Do those line up with you? And so today we are kicking off 21 days of prayer. Um, this is an opportunity for you to just seek God's will, his guidance uh, and his leading for your life, for your family, uh, personally. I think uh, I'm excited because along with focusing on prayer over the next four weeks here on Sunday morning as we gather in person or online, uh, we've provided a, a really awesome prayer guide for everyone. Uh, you can find the prayer guide. It's already on the app and on our website, on our social media uh, resources, and we'll also be emailing it to the whole church family. Uh, but in the prayer guide over the next 21 days, there's different models and methods of prayer that you can pick and you can just walk through. And the whole goal behind this is for us to have prayer be a more central part of our life in this new year. For us to seek God first, to pray first, and to pray continuously throughout our days and throughout the year ahead of us. That, that we can trust God, that God's going to speak to us. We are going to encounter him through prayer. And he's going to do far more than we even think or imagine this new year. So uh, I hope you'll join us in this over the next three weeks as we focus in our lives on prayer. You know, if, if we look at the life of Christ, our example of what it means to love God and love others, you see that he consistently made time for prayer, made time to be alone with his heavenly father, to gain wisdom, to gain strength, and to gain connection, to deepen that relationship. And so if Jesus, the son of God, needed to do that, as he walked this earth as a human, I think you and I need prayer to be a consistent rhythm of our lives all the more. And so over the next four Sundays, we're actually gonna be looking at the Lord's Prayer. We're gonna be gaining insights, perspectives about this invitation, the power that we have in prayer and how we can make it just a vital part of our lives, this privilege to connect with God. And so uh, this morning, we're gonna start by just reading the Lord's Prayer. You know, uh, Jesus, when he was here, his disciples asked him on this topic of prayer, they said, teach us, how should we pray? And it says, this then is how you should pray. And maybe we can all recite this together, beginning with our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Loving God, we thank you for your word, Lord, that you gave us an example of the privilege we have to pray. Well, we know you are mighty, you are powerful, you are on your throne in heaven. And so what a privilege it is for us to connect to you, the God, the sustainer of the universe. Lord, we pray for your will to be done in our lives in this time that we have here today, but each and every day in our lives. Lord, that you would provide for each and every one of our needs. Our greatest need, Lord, is forgiveness of our sins. So we confess that to you this morning. We ask you would forgive us of those things 
we willingly did, those things unwillingly. Lord, anything that offends you, or would you forgive us? Lead us by your spirit into truth. And Lord, we thank you for this new year ahead of us, for the things you're going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as Jesus uh, launches us into uh, the Lord's Prayer today, we're just going to focus on uh, the first couple verses or phrases uh, that he says to start with. And, uh, that is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And again, he, he reminds us of just who we are praying to. I mean, the God of the universe wants to hear from us. The God who spoke the universe into existence, the one who names the stars, the one who holds everything together is pleased to talk to us. The one who has power to do far greater things than we could even think or imagine, whose character is beyond our comprehension. That's the God we are praying to. But what's really awesome about this God is that this God is not just some distant deity full of power. This God isn't just something that we try to get attention from, influence from, not something that we just try to convince to do what we want. But how does this God choose to reveal himself to us as a father? See, as we approach prayer, as we approach these 21 days of prayer, even as we approach our relationship with God, we have to understand that God is not just a power far off from us, but God has revealed himself to us as a person. God is a person. He's not just a power. He is powerful. He's capable of anything, but he's not just some genie in the bottle. And prayer isn't just about trying to get that power to show up in our lives. Prayer really is an opportunity to connect personally, relationally with a loving God who's revealed himself to us as a loving heavenly father. See, God becomes our father. This God, this powerful, almighty creator of the universe, the Bible says he becomes our father. We're adopted into his family through our faith in Jesus. And so as we come to understand the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, as we accept his forgiveness to our lives, we're adopted into his family. And so we can confidently look to the God of the universe and say, Father, Dad, hear my prayer. Teach me who you are. And so we approach prayer through the lens of relationship, not just religion. We approach prayer not just as a ritual, but as a relational component to our, our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. And so today we're going to focus on just the kind of Father we have, who our Heavenly Father is, as described in the Bible. And before we get into the character of God, let me just encourage our men, our fathers, our spiritual mentors in the room, we have an incredible privilege. We share in a divine responsibility to be able to carry the name of Father in our lives. It means that the influence we have on our children, the influence we have on men and women around us, boys and girls around us, directly impacts how they see their Heavenly Father. It's a daunting task. I mean, when you think of it in that way, it can be overwhelming. But let me just encourage you that God is for us in this task. He is for us leading well. He is for us loving well. And so today, as we look at the character, the components of God, let me just challenge you 
to take those to heart, to make those more a part of who you are, how you lead your life, how you lead your family. And even still, I know even as we talk about fathers, there's some today whose father missed the mark. We all, man, we struggle. We can all confess that. When we struggle, when we miss the mark, we need to confess, we need to get back to what we should do. But some today, even the mention of father brings memories, brings hurts to mind. And so know that I've been praying for you and I pray that today you would see the real father, the heavenly father, his character, his love and his care for you. And it would overpower the mistakes, the missed opportunity your earthly father had. Because your heavenly father can be trusted. Your heavenly father can fulfill. Your heavenly father will never let you down. And so today we're gonna look at who God is. God is the definition of a father. And we don't have time today to get into every aspect of his character, but if you'd like to do that, take Mark Tabb's theology class coming up in a couple weeks. There's a shameless plug for the theology class. Sign up for that. You get to know so much more about who God is. But today we want to just look at four key components, characteristics of who God is as our heavenly father and how we can relate to him. And first off, we know that God is a caring father. And so if you're following along on your app, if you grabbed a bulletin as you came in or you're just taking notes, write that down. God, our heavenly father, is a caring father. Now, if you look throughout the Bible, especially in the book of Psalms, you see how personal God is, how he wants to relate to us on that personal level. And in Psalm 103, 13, he says this, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. You see again, men, the, the challenge, the impact that we have on the next generation, understanding God's love is as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. I'll, I'll be honest, my personal example, I'm eternally grateful for my father, my earthly father, who showed me what care and compassion is. I'm one of nine children, six boys, all close in age, and so growing up, we never lacked for dumb decisions, mischievous behavior, and things that surely didn't show the best of humanity, all right? But what I learned about real love and care and compassion was what my father showed us when we messed up. We got punished, rightfully so. It should have corrected us. But his unconditional love for us showed in every failure that we had because it didn't impact the next day. His response to us, his love for us, his care for us. And that is a picture of our Heavenly Father. And if you think about the greatest show or sign of God's care for us, it has to be the cross. That Jesus, even while we were still sinners, even while we were rejecting God, even while we were making foolish and harmful decisions, Jesus chose to show his love for us in going to the cross. So let me encourage you in the fact that God's love for you is not dependent upon your performance for him, but dependent on his heart for you, his children. We can trust in that. He cares for us. He cares in about every aspect of our lives. He knows and sees everything about us. He knows what our tomorrow is going to bring. And we're invited to trust in that care, to trust in that relationship that we have with him through faith, to surrender our lives to him, and then to surrender daily, continually, our worries, our cares, and controls. 
That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, he said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So if our heavenly father is so powerful that he can speak the universe into existence and so loving that he cares about every aspect of our life, your life, my life, what do we have to fear? What do we really have to worry about? See, there's a beauty, there's a power of prayer being a consistent rhythm in our life, and it's that it reminds us of who God is, or who our Heavenly Father is. When we, when we cast our cares, our worries, and concerns to Him, we hear back from Him His promises that He is for us, that He is with us. And Jesus, He emphasized this in, in uh, Matthew 6, 31 and 32, and He said, when, when you're praying, don't don't say, don't worry about like what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. The pagans, those who don't know God, worry about such things. They run after those things. But your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. He knows each and every one of our needs. So through prayer, we can confess those to him. We can give those needs to him. So as we think about just that characteristic of God and how to apply that to our prayer lives, what, what's something you need to trust God in? What's something that you need to surrender, a care or worry that you need to surrender to him through prayer? And let me ask, what's keeping you from trusting God? Is it pride? Is it influence of others? Whatever it is, he can be trusted. He is worth it. So take your cares, your worries, your anxieties, put them upon him because he cares for you. Second, the second component of who God is that we're going to look at today, he's a caring father, but he's also a consistent father. See, consistency is vital to our relationships, especially to parent-child relationships. One of the greatest gifts that any parent can give a child is consistent love, consistent discipline, consistent attention, consistent responsibility. Consistency builds trust. We are created to respond to to rely on those things that we can trust in. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us is that he is consistent, he's constant, his character is unchanging, his love is unchanging. And so that's why James, and, James 1, 17 says this. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. See, God's constant. He's not moody as a father. His love for us, his attention doesn't depend on whether or not his sports team won or lost. I don't know if he's got a sports team. It doesn't depend on the way of running the universe and holding the universe together. He's constant. He's a constant father that we can depend on. He doesn't take an interest in us one day, disappear the next. Everything about him, is, his love, his character, his truth is reliable. His word is trustworthy. It's what reveals who he is to us. The reason why putting his word into our life is so vital is so that we can remember just the kind of father that we have in heaven looking out for us. It empowers us. Romans 11, 29, Paul says, God will never go back on his promises. Because we put the promises of our father from his word into our life. We can bank our lives on his word. We can bank his life, our lives on his promises. We can have great confidence and courage in that. His character is constant. His word is trustworthy. His love for us is unwavering. You can count on him. 
In Psalm 59.10, again, the psalmist says, my God is changeless in his love for me. In other words, there's nothing we can do to make God love us any more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. His love for us has been lavished on us from the time of creation through the death and resurrection of Christ and until today in his, his work in our lives. So we can bank on him. We can count on him. And because of this, we don't have to fight for his attention. We know what his love is. We know how it's been revealed to us through Jesus and through his word. And so we can have great freedom in our relationship with him. Our relationship with God, our, our faith and how we live that out isn't a matter of earning God's approval, but living in his acceptance, living in his freedom, accepting his love. And so as we approach prayer, we need to honestly ask God, is there, is there anything in me that's missing out on this characteristic? Am I trying to win your approval by my do's and don'ts? Or am I experiencing the freedom that you give me through my faith in Christ? Do I trust you? Do I trust in your unchanging character? Am I, am I focused on my performance for you or just enjoying your presence with me? So that can guide us as we, as we pray. So God is a caring father. He's a consistent father. Third, our father is close to us. Yes, uh, he is our father in heaven. But if you take the theology class again, you'll learn that God is omnipresent. It means he's outside of time and space. He is with us. In fact, the Bible says that if we have faith in him, his spirit dwells in us. He can be everywhere all at once. And so there is nowhere that we can go without him. In fact, if you read Psalm 139, the, the psalmist is kind of lamenting. He says, if I go to the hills, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. If I'm in the darkness, you're there. If I'm in the light, you're there. There is no place I can go from your spirit, which means we ought to have confidence in him. We ought to know that God is with us, that he is for us. There's no hiding from him but it also means there's nothing we face without him. As long as we walk in his spirit and, and we are guided by his spirit. In fact, in Joshua 1.9, right before the children of Israel entered the promised land, you know, they came out of captivity, out of slavery of Egypt, and they, they approached the land that God had promised to them. And he had done miracles, he had done everything to get them to this point, but their fear overwhelmed their faith. And so they didn't enter the land. They had to wait for 40 years before they got to take possession of that land. And at that time, Joshua was their leader. And this is what God told him in Joshua 1.9. He said, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, what kind of courage would that give us if we knew that the God of heaven was with us, was for us? You know, I, was, I was thinking about this. Uh, right now in my life, we've got uh, two little ones, Adeline and Gavin. They're both about this tall right here, uh, three and four. And so we're in the VeggieTales season of life. I don't know if you know VeggieTales. They're uh, retelling of stories from the Bible, uh, expressing God's character, his love through little animated vegetables. Really good stuff. Uh, their, their favorite episode, though, is David and Goliath. 
all right? Or a David against the giant pickle, I think is what it's called. Uh, and so we reenact that often in our, in our living room. And of course, I get to be Goliath, which makes me feel real big and strong. Uh, but, you know, when they come out to fight me, I, I trash talk them a little bit, just like Goliath did. You know, who's this peasant boy? Are you coming at me with sticks? Am I a dog? And what I love is when my kids look me square in the eye, even though they're not even half my size, and they say, I don't come at you with sticks. I come at you in the name of the God of Israel, who this day will help me defeat you. <laughs> and, and what's so cool about that is the, the confidence, the courage that they have. And they know the end of that story, right? They know that when they throw their toy or their marshmallow at me, I'm gonna fall and I'm gonna die, <laughs> all right? But let, let me remind you who knows the end of the story. Who knows the end of our story? Who knows what's ahead of us, what's before this? That's our heavenly father. And so we can look at today, we can look at tomorrow, we can look at any giant ahead of us and say, I don't come at you by myself. I come in the name of the God of Israel who is going today to help me defeat you. And so we ought to have great confidence from our heavenly father that he is with us, he is close to us, he is before us. He knows what eternity is going, how it's going to play out. He knows what every aspect of our life is going to play out so we can trust in him, we can walk in him. We can thank him that he's close to us. So as we go into prayer in this new year, my, my question is what situation is ahead of you where you just need to remind yourself of this truth? But God is with you. He's close to you. He is for you. Where do you need to surrender your will to his and say, not my will, but your will be done and gain a confidence that if your will is in alignment with his, he will lead you to victory. And so he is close to us. Finally, as we close, we're gonna just think about how capable God is. He is a capable father. I struggled with this word because there wasn't any right word just to express how powerful he is. I mean, again, you look at the Bible, the story of creation, he spoke the universe into existence. Said, let it be, and it came. <laughs> he created us out of dust, breathed his breath into us, and out of that we gained the breath of life, that we might live, we might experience relationship with him and, and enjoy the beauty of the world that he created. He can do anything. In fact, we just celebrated uh, Christmas, and you know, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, hey, you are going to conceive, you're going to have a child. That child is going to be the savior of the world. Mary said, how can this be? Like, I'm a virgin. I, I, I don't know how I could conceive. And the angel reminded her in Luke 1:37, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so as we pray in the new year, as we get prayer to be a more consistent part of our life, our prayers don't have to be limited. They don't have to be nice, gentle. Hey, God, not to bother you, not to ask too much. We can pray big prayers. We can pray for miracles. We can pray for the people we love to come to know and understand the love that God has for them, that they would surrender their life to him. Our father is capable. He's capable of things far greater than we can even think or imagine. That's what Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3.20. He says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work and power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more 
than we might ask or think. And so my, my challenge to us is what miracle are you praying for this year? What miracle are you going to pray for? Maybe it's the miracle of a changed life. That someone in your family, someone in your friend group would encounter and experience the love of God. They'd come to know the truth that's found in Jesus and they'd surrender their life. Maybe it's a wayward child or friend that's went away, but they're gonna come back this year and you're gonna pray for them constantly, consistently. Maybe it's healing, physical healing, miracles that you need in your life. Whatever it is, know that our heavenly father is capable and he's capable of anything we can think up. (laughs) He's capable of things far greater than that. And so we can present our request boldly and confidently to him. We can surrender, say, if this is in alignment with your will, let it be. We can have confidence in our prayer. And so as we close today, before we pray, I just want to, again, challenge you to be a part of this next 21 days of prayer. Take advantage of the prayer guide that we're making available to you. It's available online. If you have the app, it's a great resource there. We'll be emailing it to the entire congregation. If you don't already receive our weekly emails, you can register online for the prayer uh, initiative and we'll, we'll be sure to add you to our weekly list. And finally, if you just need a physical copy of it, you can let us know, we can provide you a physical copy. But as we approach prayer, let's do it with the, the mindset of the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father and who He is. Let's pray big prayers. Let's believe for the best in this new year. Let's pray. Loving God, we we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you've revealed yourself, not just as a distant power, but Lord, as a person, that person of our Father. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation, that as we confess our faith in you, we are adopted into your family, and we can have confidence in our relationship with you, who you are, and so, Lord, as we pray, we'll remember how much you, remind us how much you care for us, how close you are, how consistent you are, how capable you are, so that we can pray in a way that honors you, glorifies you and who you are. Lord, we can also pray in a way where your spirit will move, that your will will be done in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Lord, I know your, your desire, your joy is that every person would come to faith in you. And so, Lord, if there is someone right now either in this room or tuning in online, who, Lord, you've brought the miracle of faith to them. You've broke through their heart and they understand their need to confess their sins, to accept you as their Lord, their Savior, to be adopted into your family. Lord, I pray right now that they would just say, yes, I need that. Loving God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Father in heaven who I can count on. Lord, I pray that you would overcome any failures that we have as men, any failures that other people have had in our lives that construe even the image of Father, that we can trust in you fully. Bring healing to those who need it. Father, as we go into this new year, we trust that you have greater things for us, far greater than we can even think or imagine. And so we ask that your will would be done in our lives, in our family, in our church family, in our community, our country, and around the world. 
your glory would be revealed. I just pray and ask you if you want to commit to this 21 days of prayer, uh, just between you and the Lord, just raise your hand right now and say, I'm in. 21 days, I'm going to focus on prayer. I'm going to focus on my relationship with God, my Heavenly Father. I'm going to believe that He's going to do great things. Lord, we, we give you our commitment to this. We pray that you would help us carve out time to dwell with you, to just enjoy your presence and to see you move. In Jesus' name, amen.